Dr. Dwindle DS here. Tourist, sleazy car salesman extraordinaire, you look new, or did you just get a facelift? Either way, you look magnanimous today. You know who else is magnanimous? Starlight. That's right, this podcast. I mean, an adventure with me. In it, what's not to like? Welcome to my show. Let me show you around at the fair price of a listen, review, or subscribe. All these things go a long way to help other spacers find the show. And if you're feeling extra special, then consider checking out the Patreon. Do what makes you most comfortable. Just help a dwindle stay in business. Hey, and welcome back to Starlight. Hello? Courtney? Hey, Courtney, where are you? Quit playing around. Courtney! I'm over here. Over here. Over here. Where are you? Oh my god. Seriously, quit playing around. They didn't come here for you to play your games. They came here to listen to Starlight. Am I right? <sighs> Which is my game. So they came to play my game. All right, all right. Which, speaking of games, you guys have gotten a past few really cool episodes. And we are going to keep continuing in, uh, I believe, as Courtney has said, March is the month of women. So in honor of that, we are going to finish out this month with a McKenna-themed, well, yeah, it's a, it's a McKenna-themed podcasting month here with us with Starlight. So, uh, without further ado, let's jump into the story and find out what plans Marty has on this episode of Starlight. Neuralink, would you please mind accessing memories? Accessing. Adopting the unwilling seesaw, McKenna and Thirstine walk out of the orphanage having accomplished the reconnaissance goals. A large subterranean space exists below Thyra's front, and the spacer is pretty sure that is where Clazezel, the giant bat of brain, has been taken hostage. Fairly certain of where to gain entrance to the underground, McKenna and Thirstine leave, with different attitudes towards their newfound young charge and how to handle extracting information from him. Memories retrieved. With that, we jump into Starlight. And before we get started, there are such things in the universe. Some people call them God. Others call them the gods, the Everlights. Some people just call it dumb luck. Others call it fate. Tonight, we shall see where it rolls. I want you to go ahead and roll a die 100 for me. If you roll 50 or higher, you'll receive one point of inspiration. But if you roll less, I will receive a point of de-inspiration, a point that I can spend to make you roll at disadvantage at any point. Okay. 31. Oh. And the fates have spoken. So let me mark that down. Mm. You know, I didn't roll right. great last game. 
And I'm not starting out well this game. The camera follows you as the doors to the adoption agency open with a <laughs> Thirsting had words with Cisa alone, away from you. And ever since then, Cisa has been walking with his head down. Although there is a bit of a disgruntled, angry look on the uh, sandy-haired boy's face. He has dark eyes, thick eyebrows, and a frown that looks like it is permanently attached to the bottom of his jawline. He is displeased, to say the least, but he is following. There is a portfolio under your hands, your data disk, which doesn't really weigh anymore, but it feels like it weighs more. It weighs more with the responsibility of a son. A son who you bullied. A son who you left. A son who now you have taken from his home in the orphanage. You smell the air. There's still so much before you, but in some ways, it's a good day. The air smells fresh. There's salt on the air. Uh, and you start stomping across this turf field on top of this, like all of the city of Ninoy is, on top of this platform that is held aloft above the actual ground of Thela Colony. You start approaching the gates. You look back and you can see all these like kind of dark tinted windows. And you know that many rows of kids that you could have chosen from now work within on their schoolwork. The playground, which was once busy when you came in, is empty, and all that is there to it is you, McKenna Lee, under the guise of Marty McFly, Thirsting, under the guise as your husband, as Josiah McFly, and your son, Sisa McFly. There are the shipping crates, large containers made of metal that are painted a dull, rustic red on the far, far right side of the field. And in the background, you see Alyris just waving. Take care. I'm just going to keep walking um, and and try to make small talk with Sisa. Um, like, hey, we're really excited to welcome you into our family and try to play it cool like I'm not the person who was really mean to him in, in the temple. Go ahead and roll a charisma roll. 21. I'm excited too. Well, that was convincing. You know, tell me about your life living here at the orphanage thus far. What What's it like here? Or what was it like here? It's boring. Too many kids. Not enough to do. I don't know. It's an orphanage. Like, we're waiting for families, which one now I have. I don't know. When I got bored, I would steal things. You know, the bruises on your body tell me the place isn't quite so boring. Or your life isn't quite so boring. Go ahead and make a persuasion roll. <sighs> 16? What would you know about exciting? 
I mean, not much. I've lived a really boring life, so I would, I mean, maybe exciting is the wrong word, but more like, it looks like the place isn't boring, Seesaw, how you described it. And I just kind of want to get to know you and what your life has been like thus far. (laughs) Look, lady, just because you have some papers some data codes that say you're my mom you're never gonna be my mom all right it's only gonna be a matter of time before you drop me off because you're sick of me stealing stuff that is not true you well it's it might be if he's too much trouble thirsting interrupts you are going to be an incredible asset to our family and i punch thirsting The woman's always packed a punch. You do well not to disrespect her. Mm. But yes, and... Well, thank you. And asked it indeed. So, back to what I was saying, and as we're walking, um, I also want to keep an eye out for um, Mr. Dwindle, who we saw on the way over here. Sisa, as we were looking around, it was very hard to see more um, than maybe meets the eye of this orphanage. All orphanages have a story. Um, they always have something to hide. And and honestly, it's weird that those big crates are out there. It's weird that guards were standing by at the elevator. It's weird that you have bruises all over your body. It's weird that machines with huge guns are everywhere in the orphanage. Like There's weird things that are happening there and I feel concerned for the other children there. Sisa, what's going on there? And I'm going to stop and look him in the eye. Go ahead and roll a persuasion roll. 19. He shrugs. You guys find yourself in the middle of a pretty busy pavilion. There is a cloud that kind of covers part of the twin suns. And Seesaw looks around. Go ahead and make an insight roll. 13? You notice that he kind of is a little wary of where he is in a situation. And you guys are in, in kind of like more of like the dock ward area of the city. So it's a bit rougher town. And I mean, yeah. Every organization has its secrets. Never. There's not. I mean, I don't know what you. What do you. What. What do you want from me? Like with the the robots. What did Alaris tell you, the headmistress? Huh. Well, she told me they were there to keep you safe. Um, which is not an entirely unplausible response. I just. The robots, combined with the protection of the door, combined with the big crates, combined with the way your body looks, just all a little bit of some red flags there. Go ahead and roll a charisma roll. 16. <laughs> well, these are pretty good scars if I, and bruises if I say so myself. And you actually, for the first moment, kind of catch a little bit of like a, a, like a boyish pride in terms of like seeming a little bit tough with the, the the bruises that you've noticed and that smile kind of fades and he says hmm as far as I know there's 
there's always been bots that have been at the orphanage. But yeah, this been worse since the bombing at the House of Roses. And then with that insight check you rolled earlier, you notice that there, there is a little bit of a, a strange twitch to his eyebrow. Something that could potentially be a tell. Maybe if he's lying or not, or not being entirely truthful. Well, if you don't find it to be a red flag, dear, then then I won't push you too much on it. But if you do think of anything that might be worrisome as far as what's happening there, for the other kids that you knew, it would be good to know. It would. And I'm walking back towards where Mr. Josiah lives, where we live, our home. As you are walking that direction, Josiah starts to cut across town, taking a different route than the way you went. You are starting to move more southerly towards the terminal train station on which you and the rest of the spacers originally came in. You start to approach the large statue of Mr. Ackerm, of which you've seen before, and the... Um, larger-than-life steps that lead up to this old station that's dilapidated. And Thurstein starts to make his way towards the ticketer's office. And he nods at you and says, I'll take care of the tickets, dear, so that we can get our lovely Sisa back to our home and sanctuary. Okay. And I'm going to use Whisper into his ear. What are you doing? Have you... Oh, oh dear. And this is when you realize that while a lot of people don't have too much experience with tech, experience with Technomancers, Thurstein has definitely experience with Technomancers. He doesn't jump. He doesn't act, like, surprised. He just looks back at you and raises an eyebrow. And he then smiles and chuckles to himself, <laughs> looks at Seesaw. First thing you should know, son, is a big part of the reason why we haven't had kids is your mother, who I'm sure one day you will call your mother, has had memory problems. <sighs> he looks at you and says, dear, I know you're getting confused, but we live in sanctuary. Now, if you two could stay together, I'm going to go get our tickets. Okay. That sounds great, dear. Sisa, there's there's cafes around here. Um, can I get you ice cream, chocolate, a cupcake, cake, brownies, anything to make you like me a little bit? Make another persuasion roll. 24. Well... He surveys the hall of various kind of like mall-like vendors where you see people of all races. And most of the vendors look shitty with their food. He points at three. I like soba noodles. So Let's get those. Number, Let's do it. Some for the whole number family. Number two of that. And, and ice cream. You got it. 
And that's when he turns with a little smile. And I'm a I'm a big fan of the XR games. What about one of those new boards over there? And he points at a vendor who's selling a gambit of pricey to mid-range priced hoverboards. Cesar. As much as I want to say yes, dear. I'll tell you a secret if you buy me that. That's the way you want to get to know me more, right? Tisa, are you bribing me? Yes. Well, I'm bribing you too. So, fair enough. Um, Soba noodles, ice cream, and board game it is. So you go to all of them and you are given a plate of soba noodles, fresh, delectable smells, a little bit of that umami tang on the end. It's a little strong for your trunk, but the uh, lady plopping it out just lands it onto the the bowl with a (laughs) Then you go and get your ice cream, and Seesaw is actually for the first time not frowning, but it's when you go to get the boards that you see the smile on his face. You see a uh, tiefling. You see it is a porky man with tan skin. He has a frog-like kind of mouth and floppy ears that run out of a long mess of hair. He has four arms to him and a dirty apron on the front that's covered in grease. I like a bird's up to woohoo. What are you looking for? Sisa, what are we looking for, dear? Oh, well, uh, my choice? With, with a reason, please. Well, and he raises a finger and starts pointing them across like a series of boards that the proprietor holds up. And as a boy at a teenager age would, he picks the most expensive one. It is red trim has kind of a yellow dash of like lightning running down the center of it. And it has a similar propulsion system, like a mini version of that to dragons where it actually like changes a little bit of gravity around it. You see four boosters of like rockets on the back. And there's like, it comes with like a two like hepatic hand maneuvering systems. Ugh, that's gonna run here probably. Let me go through the manuscript here. We're looking at about 750 credits. But this thing, if you're into the XR games, there's no one like it. Yeah, I think that's the one that my mom promised she was going to get me the best. I was just adopted. It's kind kind of a present. Well, she can't say no to that, can she? I'm going to pull Seesaw aside really quick. <clears throat> hey, what? What? Seesaw, did you just call me your mom just to get me to buy you this? He's smiling. I thought this is what moms did. Seesaw, this is not what moms do. But I'm going to buy you the game. <laughs> it, it, It's bored. The man looks at you, crosses two arms as he's grabbing the board off the top rack with his other two. And he says, 750 credits. Go on in. 
click your uh, data link over here. Cisa, dear, we're gonna have to go talk to your father really quick. Um, let's let's go get your father involved. We we're working out some finances right now, and I think I think he might be able to help us purchase the. So game. you make your way and eventually find Thirsteen or Josiah, and he's coming back with the tickets and meets you guys. What's this about a board? Oh dear! Well, we, you know, me and um, Cisa were just chatting, and he would like to purchase um, one of these really cool boards over here. Um, and and we just, you have the funds, dear, since you know we share money like a healthy couple. I want you to make a persuasion roll with disadvantage. Seven. <laughs> Well, I think it's time that the boy learns the word no. Sorry, dear. If you can treat your mother well, and perhaps answer a few questions about your personality and the things you're into, then maybe we can consider a reward. So, like a bribe. Like a bribe. He was just bribing me mm. too, dear. It's like father like son. You guys have yes. so much in common already. Although the adult should be the one doing the bribing, not being bribed by a kid. Now, come on, we're going to be late for our train. Over. And I don't want this Some kid out never of our sight. Let's go, Marty. Welcome along, dear. Um, can I insight check Seesaw to make sure he hasn't stolen anything? Big game roll. 16? No, Seesaw hasn't stolen anything that you can tell at this point. Uh, but he glumly gets on to the train with you guys. And you guys make your way. It's a, little, it's a lot more crowded than when you first came into Nanoi. Seems that people are a little bit more excited to leave. And he sits down and looks out across the expanse as the train starts to move forward and across kind of like the sky rail out of the city. And you just, he, does, he never looks back at you. He just kind of stares across the jeweled blue waters to the island that Nanoi is situated on. McKenna, can you make a perception roll for me, please? Thirteen. You hear a familiar voice. Although you're not quite sure where you heard it from right off the cusp. It's about time we're getting you out of here. I told you, you're getting mixed up in things you shouldn't have. We're going to take you home, and you're going to get a proper job, and... You're going to go back to going and praying at the House of Reveries. Not this cult bullshit that you've been messing with, sister. You understand? There's a woman's voice, and it. she says, <sighs> Yeah, Liam, I know. Is it the guy whose sister was missing when we first got here? Go ahead and make a history roll. 
16. You remember faintly on the Airbus that you were taking to Thala Colony in the first place, right before it broke down and ended up stuck on the prison asteroid, that there was a human male, short crimped beard, kind of like hard worker's eyes, and a stocky build who was who you had overheard saying he was going to find his sister who was writing strange letters about being caught up and getting interested in almost like cult-like business. I'm going to whisper into his ear. I'm so glad you found her. Make a charisma roll. 20! Not a nat 20, but a 20. All right, about five seats up from you. You watch as this man says, well, of course, he stops himself. Did you say something, sister? No, no. I'm just going to miss the next sign. Knock it off with the signs. The only sign you're getting is a wake-up call. I'm going to go find something to drink. And he shuffles up out of the seats and starts walking towards, like, the food carousel. What is his sister doing now? You see his sister has short brown hair that's been pulled up into kind of like a top knot ponytail. And you see that she is, you can barely make out that she's like pulled a book up to read and and starts kind of like sifting through these pages and kind of has like a slump to her shoulders. Can I tell what she's reading? Not from where you're sitting. Okay. Sisa, do you want to um, go up to the to the food area and get something to eat again? Even though you just had soba noodles and ice cream? No. Why not? You're a growing young boy. Why don't you want to eat? Don't growing young boys just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat? He looks away from the window at you, rolls his eyes, (sighs) shakes his head, and looks back out the window. You hate me, don't you? And you're just now picking up the hints. You hate me and Josiah. Well, honey, we did just say we were going to adopt him. It's going to take some time for him to get used to it. You know, Josiah, dear, I thought when we adopted a child, they'd be excited we were adopting them. Hence a little bit of my frustration, and I'm going to stomp off. So you get up and you walk through the train. As I'm walking through, though, I want to see what that girl's reading. Go ahead and make a perception roll. 20. You see that she's just reading some, like, melodramatic novel. But she notices you kind of stomping by, you're, like, looking down, and she looks up at you and smiles, goes back down to reading her book. Hello, dear. Do have a good ride. Uh, I'm gonna go into the food cart. You too. And you walk through the various parts of the train to eventually you find the food carousel. You see her brother there just finishing up getting some food, and he's like starting to kind of like rush past you as he's walking by. Um, I'm gonna... I'm going to pull him aside and say, hey, 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 that was, that was my voice. Congrats on finding your sister. I'm truly happy for you. And I'm trying to come across as not very creepy because this is very creepy. 
Make a charisma roll. 13. And then if he seems creeped out, I'm going to explain right away that I saw him on the Airbus. I don't remember seeing you. And I certainly don't remember giving you permission to hack into my Neuralink. Keep your Technomancer thoughts to yourself. Oh. And thank you. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cross any boundaries. I was really just excited for you. It's just... We, we had it's just on weird. the Airbus. It's just weird. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just like a... It's a, it's I, a I, I tend to cross social boundaries. It's an invasion of privacy. It's like my Neuralink, okay? Like, that's weird. And uh, he sets down an armful of food onto the, onto the tray with a... And I'm just tired of weird, okay? So, like, first it started with my sister deciding to come out to Thayla to become a silicate harvester, and then she ends up joining a cult, getting interested in these cult-like religions outside the reveries, which is dangerous enough. And then it's just weird, okay? It's, it's you just stay out of my head. I, I've, I've had, it's been a long past couple months. Can I tell you, Weird? I came into this orphanage expecting to adopt a kid who would love me and who I would love. And it was going to be this great, lovely family. And then and then he turns out to hate me the moment I meet him. And he doesn't even know who I actually am. It's... Oh, it sucks. I'll, we can totally relate on this weird thing. Can I buy you a coffee? I think go to make another charisma roll. I'll stay out of your newer link. Nineteen. Uh, sure, a, a coffee would be nice. Yeah. Do you like it dark? Cream, sugar, honey? I like honey lattes. Those are my favorite. I can get you one. Yeah, two two creams, no no sugar. Thanks. Okay, great. And I buy him a coffee. Two creams, coming up. Oh, can I get a honey latte as well? Mm -hmm. Extra honey. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and forward that 10 credits. Got it. Got it. And I forward that over. So you return with the coffees and he accepts it and takes a slurp. I I didn't catch your name. I I should be able to thank you properly. Marty. It's Marty. Marty. Yeah, my family calls me Jimbo. Raises a hand out, and you see that it's a it's a workman's hand as he grips yours and uh, shakes it your hand through the gloves, and he kind of like looks at your hand, the size of it, and he goes, Phew. "And I thought uh, I had bear paws, but um, yeah, big hands running the family. I the the kid." It's a good thing I didn't adopt, or that I adopted, and he's not getting in my hands. Um, well, you, there's nothing we can do about that. We're just kind of born with the things that we have, and I'm sure if you had a kid, they would love the hands you have. Uh, anyways. Doubt it. Sorry I kind of blew up. They'd probably hate what these hands have done. Eh, well. We all go through life and make mistakes. I'm sure they'd understand after a while. And anyways, I'm sorry that I kind of blew up on you earlier. It's just like I said, it's been a. It's just very relieved to, to be able to get my baby sister back. 
and uh, hopefully I can get her a proper job. Uh, who knows? Maybe working in the construction yards with me. She's a smart mind, and maybe I can get her somewhere, something in finance. I got a few connections there, and it'd just be good to get this nightmare behind us. I mean, <sighs> she was really freaking me out. I mean, <sighs> she's sending me these <laughs> hollow videos trying to tell me about this guy named the Sunmaker, and <sighs> something about his return, and that it's just that things were going to change for the better, and I don't really understand it myself, but she was convinced. She said that there were signs, premonitions. <sighs> Even today, she's upset that she's going to miss one of these signs, which is just like, gosh, I'm just... I've heard that Nanoi is the back-ass of this, this planet, and really this whole planet sucks. And uh, I just hope it didn't mess her up good, you know? How weird, this whole Sunmaker thing. I keep hearing things about him as well. What signs was she talking about there? Well, first it's, it, uh, it started, it's, it's, apparently there's one sign, the first one, gosh, I would know it well enough. Apparently, there's signs that the Sunmaker's gonna return. That's the first one, the promise. Which really, a promise, what does that mean? That's not a sign. But the second, that the dead would rise. The same way the Sunmaker would rise. Between me and you, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff happening in Nanoi. There's been at least six incidents of dead walking. Now, I, I'm not a superstitious guy, and, and I'm prone to think that it's some local kid, some local just jack wagon technomancer, sorry, no offense to you, who is just having fun with the, the, the locals, you know. But anyways, now the next sign that she talked about, I, I would know it like the back of my hand. She talked about it enough, really looked forward to it. She called it the Sun Origin. You would not believe how long it took me to look up that word. It's a long word. Long history. Long forgotten from language. I had to go ask three separate librarians. They said that it's some Loxodonian derivative. Anyways, apparently it means prayer. Well, why not just say prayer, huh? It means prayer. Why do they use such fancy words as those crazy loxodons? I, I don't know. You know, I don't really know much about loxodons, but <laughs> who does, right? They're almost more myth than anything. Although, I, know. I did see one, which was really weird. I saw one on this, uh, on the Airbus over here, and it was interesting. She made a real scene. Still half prone to think she was a fairy tale. What was the scene? She was just there. She was just what there. What was the scene? Spig. Nobody's seen a loxodon. I certainly haven't seen a loxodon except on like documentaries. Well, they are, they are interesting creatures, hey. Yeah, she seemed nice enough. She seemed nice enough, indeed. Uh, I but bet she was incredibly good looking too. I mean, those female loxodons, they just are. Gorgeous creatures, aren't they? Mm. <sighs> Couldn't tell ya. I got my human with human tastes. Maybe I like myself a little <laughs> half elf or a little elf here and there. Uh, there's this one time I'm uh, 
<laughs> Sweet. I don't, I don't even know. Next sign. What was the next sign? Oh, it was the origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the the origin. Yeah. She she said it would be a a call to prayer for the rising of the sun. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways. And is that supposed to just happen on Thela, or is that like what does that look like? Did she say? <laughs> Beats me. And just as he says that, you hear And it's coming from the other side of the train. Uh, it's muffled, but you both kind of like look up alert. There's a few others in this little like kind of like dining car and the doors open as a, as a group of people kind of like move out of the adjacent train into the cart with you. And they're kind of pointing in the direction and you hear someone just say, oh, oh, someone stop that. And then someone throws up kind of on the side. Is it coming from the way we came from? Yes. Oh boy. And Cisa didn't come this way? No. And neither did his sister? No. And neither did um, my husband? No. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, well, it seems as though our people are back in that cabin, so I imagine we should head that direction. Okay, so you start to walk calmly past the group of people. There's only like a few of them, and you start making your way into the cart from which you came and you immediately see the source of the chaos you see Jimbo's sister prostrated on the ground you see that she is with her arms spread straight out legs tucked up underneath her as if she's bowing and you just see a pool of blood running across the green varnish. To the side, you see Seesaw kind of backed up against his seat, his eyes wide, and you see Thirstine kneeling next to the woman. And it looks like he's checking her pulse, trying to talk to her. And you notice that he is, looks like he's almost like trying to connect with her neural link. Jimbo rushes forward, pushes him off. He says, what What happened? What? Uh, Alice, Alice. And he tries to move her, but you can see that even though he is moving her, her body's not moving, it's rigid. She's already gone into rigor mortis as if in a heightened state of like the body kind of like going through the stages of death. There is a shot looks like shot through the roof of her mouth. She... And you can see that Jimbo is cradling his little sister in his hands, tears in his eyes. When Thirstine tries to come closer, Jimbo pushes him away and says, What did you do to her, you monster? I didn't... I didn't do this. She... She said that... She said something in a language that I didn't understand. It, it was strange, and the only words I could understand were 
Sunmaker. And then she... Got down on her hands and knees and... It sounded like she was saying a prayer or something. And then she shot herself. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Oh... Oh my goodness, Ostisa, your poor eyes. We... And it's at that moment, McKenna, that I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Why? Um... 18? You see, in the back of the car, a familiar woman. She's sitting in the back seat. Gray hair, wispy, parts of it are falling out. And you can see the familiar medallion of the family wrapped around her neck. The symbol of a sunmaker. She says, dear. The time for prayer is now. It is time for the origin. And Aphid stands up and begins walking towards you. Each step like an eternity to the next. Thirsteen? Thirsteen, you see her, right? See, see, see what? What, what what's the Thirsteen, problem, Thirsteen, hold my hand. Hold my hand. Keep me grounded. He, he, he finds his hand wrapped in yours. At this point, Seesaw now is watching you in confusion and what's going on. Aphid continues walking forward and she says, The Sunmaker is returning. It is the third sign. Will you be one of the ones to give the origin? She comes face to face with you, and even though she is a crippled old woman who is kind of hunched in the back, she almost looms larger than reality. Her eyes are empty black holes. The medallion glints gold, and you feel this tugging at your mind, your knees go weak, and you fall to the ground with a coof. Your hands go outright, and you cannot control as your mouth begins speaking in Loxodonian words. And you start giving an old prayer that not even you understand, but it is a prayer that speaks of new beginnings with new sons. It refers to the death of the old sun that erased the Loxodonian planet. And then everything goes dark. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Oh my gosh. That was a that one. Your mind rips. Feels like it's getting like shrilled like metal. Electricity feels like it's popping. You can hear the sounds of your parents standing next to you, trumpeting softly. You remember the moment when your family said goodbye and you got onto a ship to go to a university when your life changed. You remember meeting a dapper young Loxodon who stood outside of the pavilion where you would go for many of your classes. One who was often talk about the old Loxodonian way. He wasn't a student, but he would often be ignored. You remember striking up a conversation with him. And then you remember the, the good times. 
the times of discovering old culture, the excitement, the laughter. You then, you also remember the slow slip, the impersonations, the blackmail, the recruiting, and it all ends with the sound of crying and a knife slipping into a body. And when it pulls out, that last bit of blood drip that falls to the ground. And when that blood breaks and spatters, you wake up. Oh. You find yourself in a cold room, tucked safely in. Your collar is off. Your loxodon form is before you. And there is a nightlight that is on. It is... You're not sure what hour of day it is. It's probably somewhere between late evening or that, like, well, not late evening, but somewhere between early evening, late afternoon. And there is a rustling of the building as the building reverberates and shakes, or your room does anyways, as a dragon drives by. <laughs> More go by, and you realize that your window is out right outside of a sky lane. You kind of get up. There's a little bit of a headache. <sighs> the room doesn't have many personal effects, although your things are there around you. There's a single door, and you look out the window, and you see the vast city of Sanctuary with its high-rising uh, buildings, with the many like vehicles that, and speeders and dragons that are kind of passing through sky lanes. And you look down, and you realize you're probably about five stories up. The memories swell back about what happened. You feel like shit, but you've also felt worse before. You can hear footsteps on the other side of the door. They're faint, and there is also a faint conversation. Go ahead and make a perception roll. Teen? You hear the ends of this conversation. Yeah, she's fine. Checked her pulse. I think she picked up whatever virus Holst bugged into some of the uh, yet to be determined where those bugger points are, but she saw Aphid for sure. We're lucky she didn't kill herself. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. They got the boy too. It won't take too long to get him to squeal. Yeah? I'll keep you updated. And then it clicks out with a the footsteps kind of like walk a little bit away from the door. Hello? The Thirsteen, is that you? McKenna? And then the footsteps come back, open the door, and you see Thirsteen. He doesn't have his disguise on either. And his eyes soften the beard, the gray kind of peppery hair with the big mustache. You see that he's wearing kind of a tan trench coat and you see his trusty pistol at the side 
and he smiles. <sighs> I was worried that uh, you were comatose. <laughs> Thirsty, it's not funny. Mm, not much. Can... It's it's not. There's nothing to laugh about. Oh, I'm sorry, my dear. I imagine that that was quite tough. I saw Aphid, and and she spoke of the sun erosion, and and I, my head, it was being torn apart. Well, I can I can assure you, it's it's all there. It's put. Are it's, you sure? Are you? Oh, I'm I'm sure. It was quite some undertaking to get you here. Are you calling me fat? Uh, n no, big boned. Okay. And Seesaw, is he okay? Oh. You've not heard him, have you? No, 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 no. Does he know that I'm an elephant? No, of course not. That would... Well, not yet. Where, where, where is he? Oh, he's... I sedated him. You sedated our son? He's not our son. We're going to stop playing the games. He has information on Thyra. You've tried it your way. You've asked questions nicely. And now it's going to be my way. Thirsting, Thirsting, he cannot know who I am. Thirsting, and, and he needs to stay in our lives long term. He's just a boy. And if we if we treat him poorly now, Thirsting, then, then we're stuck with him. So it happens when you adopt. Regardless of how you do it, you're stuck with him till he's at least 18. And probably longer with a troubled boy like him. We must do this kindly. Please do this kindly. We're not stuck with him. I'm not stuck with him. There is no we. Your name is on the paperwork. A man who doesn't exist's name is on the paperwork. Now, you are getting off topic again. My temper is short. Your temper is short. I would have left you in prison if I knew this was going to be an issue. So don't prove me wrong. This boy runs with the Lilypress gang. The Lilypress gang runs under Thyra. Do you think that it's a coincidence that he happens to be at the orphanage where things, where Thyra is trafficking people? You think that's an accident? I don't. And asking nicely is obviously not getting anywhere. Now, unless you have another way to get him to talk besides asking, then hacking Neuralinks or torture always makes people talk. And don't forget your end of the deal. I remember. McKenna. You want your friend's trunk back. We know where Holst is. You help us save Klozezel. Mr. Grimble gets his promotion. I get my payment. You get your revenge. And then you're off this planet to do Lord knows what. Thirsting, dear. I do understand that we made a deal. But I think the deal can still be withheld. And upheld. Um, without torturing. Now, I'm not always opposed to neurohacking, so that that is a neurolink hacking, so that is an option. But maybe leave torture for last and and 
be nice. I understand there's no we, but you don't know a lot about me. And you don't need to know a lot about me, but Thirsting, I would like for things to work out with Cecil long term in terms of maybe me actually being his mom. And even if it's not a real me because Marty McFly does not exist and McKenna Ali does, but I do hope... You're rambling. <sighs> Just... McKenna? Don't torture him, please. I will torture him if I need to be. So if you are interested in him not be getting hurt, because as what happens with most Neuralinks, as you found out as your Neuralink was hacked, and until we figure out the coding with AFID and how to stop that altogether, you're going to keep having problems as these various signs are going through. He's going to get hurt no matter what. So you're a technomancer. Unless you have some special ability in order to get him to speak, I will get him to speak in the way that I know best. You know, you've really taken on um, not quite the hero that you once were, but... I'm not a hero. I'm a man who does his job. I will charm him. Be my guest. Okay. Would you like to do that now? Where is he? This way. He leads you out of the room. Do beware, Thirstine, that if I charm him and this, and this works, the moment you hurt him, it all ends. So maybe try to keep your hands off for a while. I think that the point of charming someone is to get them to talk. Well, you're also making me nervous. So if you are good at this, then I won't have a reason to hurt him. Fine. So he takes you through what seems to be some sort of a safe house. Uh, there's a lot of kind of like mechanical implements, but you do see like a flurry of like um, equipment, guns, some like slicing hacking materials. And it seems to be like a three bedroomed apartment that also has like a bathroom and stuff like that. He takes you to one of the bedrooms, opens it up. And immediately as the very first thing you notice is you hear the sound of like all of these machines running the sounds of liquid moving, and you see Sisa on a cot, a thin blanket over him. He is stripped down to just his pants, and you see tubings that have been injected into his arm, and there is like a little like tubing that also goes into his nose. Then uh, Thirsting walks over to a machine attached to that tubing, turns a dial, and it starts to make a gassing noise, like a Alright, he should be cognizant here in about now. And as he says that, Cisa <coughs> I'm gonna try to charm him right away. He continues coughing. <coughs> where where am I? Cisa, <coughs> take a deep breath. He looks at you. McKenna? What are you doing here? You have no idea who I am. You're the... No, I'm not. Uh, now, we have a few questions for you. I could swear you're the one that I... I helped show where that temple was. 
Hmm. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I do have a twin sister, though. So it might be her. Where, where am I? What? Why is there... And he starts pulling the tube out of his nose. With a, What's in my arm? Ugh. He pulls that out as well. So, and you see a little bit of like blood and liquid kind of run out. The machine flatlines with a beep. Sisa, we have a few questions for you. <sighs> okay. What's going on behind the scenes at the orphanage? You mean the one that I'm from? Yes. Uh, it's not much. It's it's an orphanage. What's going on underground? Uh, I'm not. I'm not really supposed to talk about that. Sisa. What's going on underground? Make a persuasion roll with advantage. 17. Uh, can you keep a secret? Yes. It's a staging ground. For what? I really shouldn't talk about it, but... Sisa? You just... No, no, I... I know. And I, you kind of... Carice used to say you could tell a person's heart from their eyes. I used to say she was really stupid for that. It's like, who can, who can really tell someone's heart from their eyes? But I think that might be true with you. You're, you're a good person. Yeah, I think it's okay to tell you. Are you with the SFF? No. Oh, I guess no. I really shouldn't tell you then. And when he says that, Thirsteen slams his elbow into your ribs, goes... Oh, <clears throat> I just didn't realize that we could tell you we are with the SFF. Oh. Oh. Make a persuasion roll with disadvantage. Ten. Mm. Can you prove it? Thirsteen, dear, can you... Can you prove to him? <sighs> he pulls back his trench coat, pulls out his gun, cocks it. Listen here. Okay, son. Would I be walking around with a gun if I wasn't trying to defend sense? The boy... He goes, I guess that makes sense. What's happening in the underneath is it's a, it's a staging ground. Uh, I guess you must, if you're with the SFF, you're here for another shipment. Um, that works for the SFF. She she stages since, and they need to escape, like my sister, and the ones who are wanted and wouldn't easily make it in the galaxy. She keeps here, gives them a job, like me. Your sin? Yeah. I didn't know it my whole life. It was a surprise when I found out. It feels like a lifetime ago. My sister and I, Carice, we... We got tangled up with some pirates. I mean, we were... We've always been orphans. It's kind of funny to go from that to an orphanage here. But I guess it makes sense. It's what I know how to do. And Anyways, we got mixed up with a smuggling group and... 
we were running Imperium, a job. It was a pretty difficult run moving through a, let's just say it was a mess that day. And uh, we ran afoul of some of the reveries. It was a, they had a scouting vessel and they pulled us over and they pulled out those freaky crystals. And somehow they were able to separate my sister and I from the group. And that's when we found out we were since they arrested us beat me beat my sister said we had to repent for being created as thinking machines and I, I I've never known so much pain in my life and then and then the SFF was there and they they rescued us brought us here my face was pretty well known I mean I'd been seen a couple times stealing things and smuggling Imperium and other things, weapons, whatever, to make a living. And my sister was always kind of running in the back doing engine work, so she's never been seen. And It's just... I think... Yeah. They ever got her a job in a cafe called Madors over in XR1 in the hub planet Vendul. Anyways, every few months we check to see where I am on the wanted list, and hopefully when I get forgetting, forgotten off of that, I can make my way out there and find Curse. So that's what's going on under there. At this point, McKenna is sobbing, like full-on crying to think that this kid that she has adopted and treated poorly to herself has gone through so much and so I and Sisa the strength and the courage that that you've had to get this far is just incredible um dear do you and I'm looking at Thirsting do you have another one of those collars where we can help him to get to Medora's cafe on XR1 to get to his sister who could who could be our little girl you just want to keep making this deal sweeter and sweeter for yourself don't you go ahead and make a persuasion roll and also you know keep the mission in mind 24 as far as I'm concerned dear this boy is your son I am. I think I was forced to be adopted by someone else. Though I like you a little bit more, if I'm being honest. If, and Thirsting cuts in, we can finish the job, then we can talk about helping you out with this. But I don't think there's much more that you can add on to this deal. You have added already so much, and he wasn't cheap. So. Thirsting? You have the, your most committed sidekick at this point, and I'm going to salute him and give him a very large hug. Thirsting leans into your ear so that only you can hear. I would ask him where Clazezel's being kept. <sighs> okay, <laughs> now on to business, and I'm going to wipe my eyes because I'm pretty emotional after hearing his story. Um, We do need 
some more information. Um, there, there seems to be some things missing. And, and we're hoping you can help us find them. Um, one is a pair of keys that are gold. Um, there seems to be three on a chain. Another is a very large plant that actually has leaves that grow up and then only to the right. I don't know if you've seen that. We think it's on the site of the orphanage. And another is a very large vat with a brain in it. So all three of those things seem to be missing and our theory is that they might be on site with the orphanage. Um, and we're wondering if you know where this tree with plants with leaves growing only to the right, the vat of brain, um, and then the ring with the three gold keys. This day is just getting weird. I know. Uh, keys, keys. Uh, maybe Headmistress Alaris might have keys. Thirsting, take, Although the janitor, take note of that. Janitor has some too. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't know about a tree and hit a brain. <laughs> uh, it would probably be in a very, huh. very large vat. Um, probably hidden away somewhere. Well, I don't know. Although, Thyra does sometimes, apart from staging pickups and drop-offs of scents below the orphanage. She sometimes stores other things there, like weapons and really whatever she needs. I don't know what she'd be doing with a brain. But I, I can say before uh, before I was asked to show your, your sister, your twin sister around, she was kind of mean to me. Was she? She tends to have a temper. Yeah, yeah, done. I told her off. <laughs> Good. Yeah, she's she was frightened of me. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, she should have been. Before that, I know that the other members of the Lilla Press gang were moving something big. They went in through. Are you sure this guy's okay to to talk about in front of? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. They went in through the third shipping container. I mean, if you were going to find something like that on site, like something weird like that, that's the way Thyra usually goes, though it's pretty well guarded. She keeps an assassination bot in there. Is there any tips on getting past an assassination bot? Assassination don't, bot? Don't die. Okay. Great tip. Okay, so there's a possible very large brain um, in the third shipping container um, that you saw uh, people from the Lily Press gang. Well, no, 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 no. That's that's that. The shipping container is the way in. Okay. I I think there's other ways in in the orphanage. It's pretty big, but Thyra and her right hand man Sorsha. They always go in through the third crate. 
Sorsha. That name is familiar. Roll a history check. Um, 16? So you remember a big, like, large, almost like brutish, barbarian-like man with lots of tattoos that curled up along the sides of his cheeks. And he had, like, a kind of, like, augmented irises. And you remember that he was the one of the only other guys who was fighting the rise, the second sign of the Sunmaker's return. When you guys were in the Lonely Chord, he was the man that uh, was there with the big, like, um, kind of broadsword. So, third shipping container with assassination bot is where there's potential to be access under to under the underground underneath the orphanage where there is potentially a brain and a vat but you think the gold keys are with either the janitor or the headmistress and you're not sure where the plant is with leaves that grow only to the right is that a good summary yeah although if you're really interested in those things why don't you just ask thyro if you're with the sff we could. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we we will. We just we just wanted to make sure everything was on the up and up. Right. Mm-hmm. When he says that, Sisa kind of narrows his eyes at Thirstine. And Thirstine picks up the hint that he might not be as trusted and kind of clears his throat. <clears throat> well, I think I'll leave you you two to talk. And he steps out of the room and closes it softly. Sisa, I'm so glad that we adopted you. I knew it! I knew you adopted me! You said you didn't. Who said we didn't? When you walked in, I asked... You said that you weren't the one who adopted me. Oh. And you, you look different, and... I knew from your eyes and your voice. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm the one who adopted you. Mm-hmm. Why would you lie to me? Well, everyone lies to me. Well, Cesar, this is the start of you and I building a very special relationship. Um, I am on the run, and they think that I bombed um, the 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 house of roses and I knew that if I came in looking like me because I am the only loxodon ever in the history of ever that's a joke but it feels that way sometimes um it's very lonely being a loxodon then they would they would not allow me to adopt you or function or escape prison or anything along those lines and so not that they allowed me to escape prison your father helped with that um so this is the start of you and i building a very special relationship and that i just told you something that if you were to repeat it would ruin me and my life and i would appreciate if this never left this room Mm -hmm. make a persuasion roll building trust 23 (laughs) uh when I first met you, I, I thought that you were... I was honestly trying to figure out how I was going to get back. I mean, and honestly, now that we're talking, I 
you're nice enough, and I'm kind of torn. I mean, Thyra saved my sister's life. I owe her, and it's not like I can really go anywhere until then. But <laughs> if you can change your appearance, man, I sure would appreciate that if you could help me. <sighs> if you could help me get to Carice, but I don't know, those referees, there's something else. They... They can they can pierce any veil it feels like they are they have powers it's not technomancy they have powers that I I, I can't say anything more than it just seems like it's some some higher power it's it's magic not like the magic that I've seen other people do not like Gebredal does or anything like that but real magic and I I don't know if what you have to offer could help but if you could help me that would actually get to Carice and not have a chance of the Federation coming down on me, that would mean the world to me. I also know that you didn't bomb the House of Roses. Our gang did. Sisa, how? Well, now we both built up each other's trust a little bit, now didn't we? <sighs> like I said, you kind of have those eyes. Thank you. Sisa, I am certain that I can help you get back to your sister, Carice. And my de desire to help you with that is is incredibly strong. Um, and it will be my promise to you in this moment that as soon as we're done with this, regardless of how it turns out, and assuming you're not a serial killer that's trying to kill me in the long run or, or hurt any of my immediate friends, then, then Tisa, I will... I will definitely help you get back to your sister. <laughs> he smiles. It's kind of a, I believe you, but I don't believe you, but I, I'm very thankful for the thought. Well, we, we can help. <sighs> and he lays back just a little bit. There's a window directly across from him, and there's kind of a glinting of silver that catches your eye. You look out of it, and you can see across the way a giant tower that you didn't have. The gear room was on the opposite side of the the flat, so you couldn't see this from this vantage point before. But you see an opulent tower that rises just probably 20 stories or so above everything else. It's the central part of the city. You can see that as you look down, it also pierces the platform and goes like straight down so it's almost like it's like 40 levels you can see that there are various like landing platforms for dragons and starships like probably every 10 or 5 of those like levels and you see walking out of the tower with a parade of other beings dressed in some sort of business uniform and a large man floating on a repulsor lift chair. Atlas walking towards a starship on the end. And I think that's where we'll probably call the game. What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's walking on a platform to a starship. That is insane. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, 
please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.